1: Ah, right, welcome to preach, Calf preach. Listen to the show. Who don't listen to the show? Download, steal all that counts. Uh, here with Rashad, man. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year, my brother. What's going on, man? Nothing much. Just uh, going to get the cliche out of the way. A uh, New Year, New Me. Uh, <laughs> he- heading in 2019, Uh, you know. Try, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to make this show better. We're going gonna to progress it and and we're going to improve it every week I can and uh try. No, try to get this on the show. That's my. That's my own personal. New Year's resolution. Do you have any New Year's resolution for yourself? Yeah, 2019, man. We're going to speak it into existence, man, making the show bigger and better. Like I said, more
2: listeners, more subscribers, more downloads, all of that good stuff. Uh, Personally, for myself, I'm not big on New Year's resolutions, but uh, something I probably would do on a personal note is just kind of, you know, stop spending so much on, like, just unnecessary stuff. I kind of let 2018 get the best of it with just splurging on shoes, Adidas, all that kind of stuff, man. (laughs)
1: All right. Let's talk about New Year's Resolution from a from a, a sports view, and what we want to see in 2019. What we want to happen, um, and we kind of, we kind of compi- compiled the list together uh, collectively. Um, and our first one, we we wanted a New Year's resolution. We want the Giants to fix their quarterback situation. Eli Manning is unsure if he's going to return in 2019. Uh, Pat Shermer said he uh, that. No, they haven't had any plans about drafting the quarterback. They haven't said that, nothing about that yet. Um, and like I said, Eli Manning hasn't returned. He hasn't said if he's going to retire or not. Um, but we have, you know, we have alluded to some things about you know in our previous uh, sermons of young man's game of how you know sometimes I think just Eli they just need to go ahead and uh, push him out the door, do that do that Green Bay Packers approach and and push him out.
2: Uh, they they can't do that though because they don't have that a rod. Sitting on the bench waiting, they haven't drafted that guy. They didn't have a, not even a Jimmy G type guy sitting on the bench. When they did have the chance to kind of push Eli out the door, they didn't. They started <laughs> they started Geno Smith for whatever reason. And coach lost his job because of it. I mean, he he had the foresight to know the team need to kind of start moving on from Eli. And we've all seen that. I mean, he put up decent stats, but of course, you're playing in every game. You're going to get decent stats, but they're not winning. So at some point, you have to say, forget the media. Forget the whole Mannings being the first family of football. We have to move on for Eli. He can't play forever.
1: Uh, our second our second uh, New Year's resolution is college football. We do not want to see an expansion of playoffs. Me, me and you, I know we are really strong about this this 18-playoff thing is really ridiculous um it's going to water down the the the, the playoffs only to get the same result uh are just wasting there time and i see I, you know i've seen different different um scenarios like the first round of playoffs uh the eight seed goes to the one seven goes to the two uh, in in their homes you know in their home and then they go to the the actual bowl games in the, the final four stage and you know me. I'm looking at predictions and who's AC, who's number 18 this year. Um, in the standings was Washington. Yeah, I think it would have probably been like Florida, LSU, Washington, Florida. somebody like
2: that. So, so they, they, that's talk- not that's
1: not a good matchup. I mean, they were going. They, we're they, they, about, they still yeah. got
2: cleaned by Alabama.
1: Exactly. So now you're wasting Alabama's time by going through another game, and and really, I guess you're just really hoping is what you're hoping that maybe Alabama's lose. You know, get hurt because that's the only way that. Alabama or maybe a Clemson team would lose in the first round. Being the being the drum that's that's wrong because it's like why would we expand this when we can't even get the first final the final four games right when we see Notre Dame get blown out and Oklahoma start the game off down 28-0? Yeah, the, the final poll
2: is right here: is Alabama one, Clemson two. What well, the final rankings are? Alabama one, Clemson two, Notre Dame three, Oklahoma was the four. They got in over Georgia at five. Ohio State was six. Michigan was seven, and UCF was eight.
1: So do we really think Central Florida would go to Alabama and win the game? No, I mean, they couldn't couldn't even beat LSU, who I think
2: LSU was the second-best team in the SEC. Georgia fanboys, please feel free to cry about that. But I think LSU was the second-best team in the SEC, and we see what UCF did with them. And we know Alabama is Tier One; they are the kings. So right. I don't think UCF would have stood a chance, and they even missing their starting quarterback. So they definitely wouldn't have stood a chance against Alabama. Right? Who said number seven was? Number seven was uh, Michigan.
1: And I, as Michigan got blown out by Florida, you're not telling me they're going to go. They're going to rock into into Death Valley and put up a good fight. Man, Clemson probably would have smoked them too. So. We really just not want, we don't want to see that kind of change until they get the, the first four right because we already talked about it before, but most champions, most of these playoffs, they be, as always the best team winning the championship that year. You really don't see no flukes. It really, it really is the best team, whether they the Alabama last year being the four, who we know was the best team in college football last year, um, and years before they at Clemson and Alabama, they were number one in the two seasons. They, that's talk mostly wins the playoffs in college football. And for them to expand it or even consider expanding, is really ludicrous.
2: Yeah, expanding is probably the worst idea they have because, for one, it's going to dilute the playoff. It'll dilute conference championships. It'll dilute the entire regular season because you'll just be putting people in based upon, oh, well, they played this team close or they beat this team. So it'll just be too much. I think right now with the four teams, it's very cut and dry of, who should be in, who shouldn't be in. And I did research on it. I mean, me and you both, we love football. We love college. We love NFL. And like we said, the championship basically is chalk. So I'm going to go through this real quick, and it's going to prove that there's no need to expand. It's all chalk. The first playoff, and we're going to give credit to the AP poll because, you know, most seasons start with the AP poll. The first playoff, Florida State started number one in the rankings. Maryland was two. Oregon was three. Oklahoma was four. Ohio State was five. The teams that made the playoff in the very first one was Bama, Oregon, Florida State, and Ohio State. That's four of the top five that start the season, the preseason in the top five. And then the uh the second playoff, the preseason started off with Ohio State one, TCU two, Bama three, Baylor four, Michigan State five. Clemson started at twelve, and Oklahoma started at nineteen. And the final four for the playoff was Clemson, Bama, Michigan State, Oklahoma. So that was still pretty close because TCU and Baylor from the Big 12 were ranked pretty high, but ultimately Oklahoma beat both of them and end up getting in. And Michigan State was already up there, and Clemson, they kind of did their thing that year and made the championship. Third playoff, the preseason was Bama 1, Clemson 2, Oklahoma 3, Florida State 4, Ohio State was six. And I put Stanford at eight because they were, they were the eighth-ranked team in the preseason, and Washington was 14. I only put Stanford in because that shows how high at least one Pac-12 team was ranked, which Washington did make it at the fourth spot. I mean, they lost. They got creamed by Bama, but they did make it. And the third playoff, Ohio State made it. That's probably the one year that the committee did get it wrong because Ohio State didn't even win the Big Ten Championship that year. Penn State was the Big Ten champion. And they had a tiebreaker over Ohio State, but I guess they didn't want to put a two-loss team in. And that would have been groundbreaking in itself back then because you would have put in your first two-loss team, which would have gave credence to Georgia this year of, well, you already let another two-loss team in while you can't let us in. But mm-hmm. I think that the third playoff was probably the first one that the committee got slightly wrong because Ohio State didn't win the Big Ten Championship, and they did lose to Penn State head-to-head. So... Penn State probably should have got in, but they had two losses, and they probably thought the whole Ohio State's really better thing and let them in. But that was stupid because
1: Clemson creamed them thirty-one-zero. <laughs> so, and like I said, yeah, they they have once you they it, once you can perfect the four playoff team, then then and only then should you even consider about expanding. Until then, no.
2: Yeah, there's no need to expand until you can actually get the four teams right. And I see this year, I think the four teams was correct. Um, last year it was pretty close to because it started off the year, Bama won, Ohio State two, Florida State three, Clemson five, Georgia started off at fifteen, and Oklahoma started off at seven. And, you know, four of those Bama, Clemson, usually Oklahoma did make it. So last year and this year, I think they're they're kind of starting to get the four teams right because this year college football really boiled down to five games. I don't think people realize that. There there were really five games this year that decided the playoff. LSU beating Georgia. Bama beating Georgia. Oklahoma losing to Texas early in a close game. And then Oklahoma getting their revenge against Texas for the Big 12 championship. That played a part. And Ohio State losing to Purdue is the fifth game. So, basically, Georgia really shouldn't have gotten in anyway because hypothetically, if Purdue doesn't beat Ohio State, that's four undefeated teams then. Bama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Ohio State. So Georgia would still be on the outside looking in. If Oklahoma doesn't lose to Texas the first time, <laughs> Georgia's still on the outside looking in because there's still four undefeated teams. So, you know, if even if they don't lose to LSU, if one of those other teams were undefeated, they still would have been out of it. So, you know, if they don't want to look at it that way, I'm not sure what they're seeing because if one other thing goes the opposite way for like one of those five games, hypothetically, they wouldn't be in anyway because it would have been undefeated teams and you're not going to put in a, a close loss team to Alabama over undefeated team pretty
1: much. All right, let's move on to our next uh, new year's resolution. And that's for me, it's personally because it's, it's for sports teams to, to stop handicapping themselves. And what I mean by that is stop putting yourself in situations situation that you know you can't get out, get out of. And then two or three years down the line, you realize, oh, I made a mistake. Um, <laughs> uh, a, a big example come to mind immediately is uh, Jacksonville Jaguars re-signing Blake Borders. When you had the opportunity to move on from him completely without any, you know, any penalty and get somebody else, draft somebody else, anything, you had a chance to go get Lamar Jackson. You had the chance to go sign Teddy Bridgewater. You had a chance to trade for a quarterback. But you chose not to. You chose to sign at Blake Bortles, and now here we are a year later, just a year after signing, not even a year, maybe what nine months from signing that contract. Now we're talking about oh, Jag- Jackson Jaguars wanna, want to want to Blake Borders. Not even cut him. They benched him during the season. Benched during the season, and <laughs> you're they to chart- and- bench the guy. And so now you handicapping yourselves, and and now you wasting talent. You are wasting your defense, who took a step back this year because defenses. Is- it's hard to – you got to capitalize when, when they're on fire. you seen seen Minnesota last year. you seen Jacksonville last year. They should they, – you have to win the Super Bowl when you can because the defense, it will take a step back, and that's just because, one, you have health on your side for that year. The next season, you don't, or you get, you get a harder schedule. It's always something that makes it different. And teams should stop handicapping themselves, especially when you know you iffy, iffy about a person. Go right into our last New Year resolution, and that's the Wizards to blow it up. Because that's another team that handicapped themselves by signing John Wall to this massive contract, Bradley Bill to this massive contract, Otto Porter to a massive contract, and even the backup center in Mahimi. Why is he making 16 million dollars a season? Like yeah, that, that, that team what,
2: is ridiculous,
1: man. Not now, now you can't even trade because who who wants a point guard in John Wall who can't shoot? No, your best asset is Bradley Bill because he's a shoot at three and D wing. Nobody wants to take Auto Porter's contract. And Mahimi. Why do I want him? He's a he's a backup center in his in his league, and I don't understand why teams handicap themselves when you know when you know this guy he might be good for now, but can I see him one or two three years down the line for Jacksonville's case? Can I see him to t- next season? You didn't even get this guy sixteen games of a new contract before you benched him. Yeah, the, the Jacks they had a
2: chance to go get Teddy Bridgewater, Tyrod Taylor. They had a chance to draft somebody. And they just didn't do it. They chose to say, you know what? After last year and how Blake played in the playoffs, we're gonna roll it. We're gonna run it back. No, you can't always run it back. Look mm, at you look, can't. even look at the Houston Rockets. They tried to run it they they you know, they hypothetically tried to run it back and they brought back everybody. They gave Chris Paul the deal, all that kind of stuff. I mean they let Ariza go and they let Mbamute go, but they in theory kinda did run it back, you know, by Putting together those long term contracts for Chris Paul and Capella. You can't always run it back. The Jags had a chance to take advantage of their prime defense, but you got to think about it. it's a salary cap sport. At some point, you got to start paying those guys. You already mentioned health. An injury here or there, something that can really tank your season. So you got to look at all the factors. Don't handicap yourself. Like you gave John Wall that kind of money. Now he's out finna have a heel surgery.
1: Come on, man. And nobody's hey. going to trade for him. And then the bad thing about it for Jacksonville, for example, you sign Blade Bortles to the okay, so let's let's say you already you already handicapped yourself right there. But then you don't even go go get a, a decent backup quarterback, you go get Cody Kessler, who has proven in Cleveland that he can't do it. So you once again you're handicapping yourself for a backup, at least, at least if Blake Bortles get hurt, you know, you don't want to risk you know, wish for injury. But you see, with the Eagles, <laughs> when Carson Wentz get hurt, <laughs> these guys are the best team in football. So it's like if you Jacksonville if not, if they boys get hurt, can I have me a, a solid quarterback behind them? Like you said, you could have still got Teddy Bridgewater. For uh, I think he went, I think he signed for the Jets for like a million, two, two million dollars. And I just don't, I just don't understand why teams continue to put themselves in bad situations. And like you see, what Pittsburgh Steelers did, they didn't do that with Le'Veon Bell. They know, they know he's on of, of age, and with those carries, that his body will eventually break down. Let's not let's not handicap ourselves when three, four years down the line. When he's 30 years old and he's falling apart every, every game, you know, so I, I can see why teams don't take that risk on certain players. Yeah, you know, when it comes to running back,
2: you kind of can't take that risk because everybody knows what the –
1: then Bell is a dual threat
2: pass catcher and runner, so you know that amount of volume and things like that, he's going to start – his body's going to keep getting beat up, so you can't invest that kind of money into a running back. But a quarterback, we, we know it's a quarterback-driven league, so if that guy goes down, you're in trouble. But Blake Bortles isn't even a top 20 quarterback.
1: So 25, so why 30. 35. So yeah, why, why would you keep him? And they gave him good money, too. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, now, eight teams' resolutions uh, this season is finding a head coach. Uh, Black Monday, aka NFL Doomsday, was in full effect. It's late Sunday night. You've seen the Bucks coach get fired and Todd Bowles, and early Monday morning. And that's when the rest of them: captain, Dolphins, Broncos, Browns, already Packers, already, and then the, the Cardinals. It's just a it's, it's what we expect every year, uh, because you know teams all, organizations are always trying to improve and try to get better, and sometimes you're not the guy, and you're gonna have great teams. When you have great teams, you have bad teams. So with these these eight teams, we're gonna go through each one, uh, and and share our insights on you know why why maybe they, they was fired or or why it had to happen. So we're going to start with uh, the team that has the number one pick in the draft, and it's the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, they fired Steve Wilkes. Uh He he came from Carolina Panthers, and he he only there for one year, and that's the thing everybody's talking about right now that they only gave him one year and didn't give him a shot. Way too short. Um, Way too short. <laughs> it was short, but let me let me. I'm gonna play devil's advocate because you you know you know how I always say like wherever your your expertise is, I, I expect that to be the side that. We're good on, and I want to see some kind of improvement. You know, whether that's for example, I can give you some examples straight off the bat. When Mike Zimmer was hired in Minnesota, that defense was the worst defense in the league. Then the fall, and the, when he became head coach, they went to like 15. Then now, the last four seasons, they've been a top 10 defense. You see the Rams, they had there was a terrible offense insert Sean McVay. Now, you're talking about a top five offense for the next few years to come. Same thing for Matt Nagy this year, the offense was, was down now, they're up. So, I and I feel like when you hire a coach, there is no head coach that's in the middle with offense and defense. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen one yet.
2: No, uh, <laughs> you right haven't
1: seen, that. I haven't seen one yet. So if, if you're an offensive minded coach, I'm not saying you need to walk in and have the best, best offensive lead because that's not, that's not feasible. But what you need to do is if I, let's say for example, you're the 29th ranked offense. You you just got hired. You're offensive minded. Can I, can I see a 22nd in the NFL? Can I see a 18 somewhere around there? You know what I'm saying? Like the, to kind of, as an owner, you know, from me looking down, okay, I see the team improvement. Yeah, we still sorry. Yeah, we still lose games, but I can see, you know, that we're making strides. And for Arizona, now, do I think? Do I think it was is unfair? Of course. I do. I think Steve. I don't think he was the right guy for the job in the first. And that alludes more to the general manager hiring him in the first place. Because I hear reports about he's over his head and stuff like that, which doesn't make any sense. Why would you? Well, how how you figure that out now? and not in the interview when you're supposed to ask all these questions anyway and understand. And Steve, you know, the defense, Arizona, they was pretty solid. And their problem was when Bruce Ayer was gone, the offense took a plummet. And you go sign Sam Bradford for $20 million, and you go cut Honey Badger. So, and then you go draft, trade up draft pick, draft capital to go get a starting quarterback in Josh Rosen. And that's really, it's really, I, I really think the general manager should be out as well. I think it should have been a clean house if, if, for, for that standpoint, because you're wasting money signing Sam Bradford, who is no longer on the team. Two, you chose Sam Bradford over a guy like Honey Badger who's already been in that system, that or been in the, on that team for so long, and now you're going to get rid of him because of money when you go spend $20 million on the quarterback. And then, just a, a month later, you trade all a lot of picks to go get a quarterback. And I, I don't know if you noticed that, but I think the only one, I think, besides um, EJ Manuel, every first-round uh, quarterback, in the last seven to eight years has started in the game. He, he, I know Matt, Pat Mahomes kind of got lucky because of the Chiefs already had the, you know, the, a bow or wild card, or whatever, wrapped up last year. But the rest of them has always played if you was drafted in the first round. Always. So, you knew that Josh Rose was going to win the job. Like, you, you know what I'm saying? Eventually, he was going to get in. Sam Bradford, he going to get hurt or something, Rose was going to play. So, and Steve Wilkes, you know, this season, I didn't really see no improvement. I didn't see... Arizona do anything, especially when Steve Wilkes hired Mike McCoy as office coordinator. Once they fired him, the office was a little tiny bit better, but it wasn't nothing special to me. And and that's that's my whole issue with the Steve Wilkes thing about um you know him having that one year, which is, is like it's like I said, it's totally unfair. But I don't think he was the right person for the job in the first place. Which like I said, I think is the more the general manager's fault than he uh, than Steve Wilkes's. But and that's how that's just how the crew crumbles uh, for him. Yeah, we can't forget they were almost about to trade
2: Pat Pete, too, you know, because he wanted out. So, but for us, like, one year is never enough. And then, considering what he had to work with, which is, well, like you just mentioned, not his fault. This is all on the GM. So, considering what he had to work with, there's definitely no way you can say one year was enough. Rookie quarterback, David Johnson back off the injury, Hall of Fame bound, but old Larry Fitzgerald. Christian Kirk had – I mean, of course, he came, came up big in some games for him, but Christian Kirk was an unknown, had not emerged yet. Um, offensive line is iffy. Uh, t- tight end. <laughs> I try to be nice about it. <laughs> uh, tight end, Ricky Sears Jones. Oh, oh yeah. We, we, know.
0: We, we, know, we
2: know about him just from a fantasy standpoint. We know about Ricky Sears Jones. And the defense was solid, but at the same time, if you're always on the field because the offense isn't moving the ball – that makes the defense get worn out and makes the defense look bad. Like I
1: say, it's it's really not his fault. He he does get part of the part of the uh, the blame pile, but it's it's not is he's he's nowhere near the the guy to blame for this um, for this uh, this this terrible team that we saw. But rumor has it that Cliff Kingsbury from Texas Tech, who's now the office coordinator of USC, who got fired from Texas Tech, he's rumored for the card job. Adam Gase, um, I heard I heard uh Kansas City Chiefs office coordinator. Uh, Benamy and um, office coordinator for the Titans, Matt LaFleur. Um, have, have you heard, heard any other names uh rumored for the job? Yeah, those were the same ones I heard. And you know, uh, I
2: think, um, uh, what's the guy's name from the uh, Saints, the Titans coach? I think Dan, oh, yeah, Dan Campbell, yeah. yeah,
1: Dan Campbell. So, we're talking about five guys who are offensive, which should have been the, the hire in the first place as the GM that he really should be on the hot seat. And, and this is the side he should have been in the first place because. The defense they they, had, they hadn't had a defensive guy in a long time, and you brought in Steve Wilkes. I don't know why why would you even do that when once Bruce Arians left, you, you lost some of his staff. So it's not like you had the same offense. So out of these out of these guys, I mean, all, I think all really interesting. I think the one that makes the most sense uh, would be Adam Gase, and that's just because he's worked with quarterbacks who are not mobile. With uh, Josh Rosen, not really a mobile quarterback, and I feel like you know he worked with Peyton Manning in uh, Denver Broncos, so. Maybe Adam Gase might be the best job, guy for the job because, one, Kingsbury can't even get successful in Texas Tech, and you want to hit him in the NFL. Um, and I haven't seen, you know, the other guys aren't really big named yet, so maybe they could be. But if I had to choose one, it would be Adam Gase.
2: I mean, if I have to choose somebody, Adam Gates as well. But if I'm any of these guys, I'm not choosing this job. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I understand that. I mean, okay, division-wise. Rams, young talent, Sean McVay, that, the Rams, even even with the salary cap the way it is, the Rams are not going away. Seattle, Pete Carroll, he's not going anywhere. Russell Wilson, he's not going anywhere. Seattle will be around for at least another decade, long as they have Russ, and whoever, who knows how long Carroll's going to stick around. When they get healthy, the 49ers. And they years. have
1: they have so much money. They can turn up really, really fast in once in one offseason. Just like just like what the Bears and the Rams did, the 49ers can do it next year. <laughs> like like I don't know if people
2: really watch football how you watch it, but we watched some 49ers games this year. Nick Mullins was looking good with Shanahan calling those plays. And I know you went to the, the game, the Vikings played the 49ers. So
1: Man, they was killing us, bro. It was, it, it was the same play action rollout like, all day long. And teams can't stop it. And now you see why this, you know, they had Matt Breida. They had guys like Jeff Wilson Jr. This is one of the best rushing teams in the na- uh, in the NFL. So, hey, that NFC West is dangerous. And anybody getting the Cardinals job is going to be tough.
2: Yeah, I mean, a healthy Jimmy G, people have forgotten about. You get a healthy Jared McKinnon. They have cap space. And they could easily go get a disgruntled Antonio Brown or a disgruntled Odell Beckham. Or they could draft – whatever just to keep you know just to keep improving the team the 49ers are going to emerge will they emerge right. how the bears did this year who knows the cardinals probably have the least desirable job right now because the division is too tough and we talked about before when you choose a job the opportunity to win that's important that's how do you keep a job winning you go to arizona you're not
1: winning this. that's just point blank <laughs> <laughs> that's that's probably it's probably you already automatically getting at least four ills and that's just that. Just maybe you splitting with San Francisco, and
0: and maybe catching Seattle. Did you know you could shop around for prescription prices with GoodRx? You can find free coupons at over seventy thousand pharmacies and save up to eighty percent. It's that easy. But don't just take my word for it. Doctor Adam says I've been telling all my patients about GoodRx. Jacqueline says my medication was sixty five dollars without insurance, but I paid twenty five. Aubriana says you don't have to pay full price to live your best life. Couldn't have said it better myself. GoodRx is 100% free. Download the GoodRx app today and start saving. GoodRx is not insurance.
1: I'll go real quick. You know what I'm saying? Just maybe. And, that, and, that's, and that's the iffy. Yeah, so it's going to be difficult for in Arizona. And like I said, it wasn't really fair for Steve Wilkes, But I think he would bounce back on his feet because he is a good coordinator. Uh, I think he probably would head back to Carolina um, at some point. Uh, let's move on to the next job. Uh, that's the, let's, go, let's go to the Jets. New York football Jets. They fired Todd Bowles, who... He wasn't really a – he's not a bad coach. I, he's I he's right not. Now. Yeah, he's, he's not bad. Not a, he's, he's not a bad coach. He will find something quickly. Uh, I'm pretty sure he'll be coaching next season, whether really it's a coordinator job, position coach, whatever the case may be. So he had a – he finally got his quarterback, you know, for the franchise. And it's, it was the year when he got fired. He had to play guy like Josh McCown. And I, he had guys on the, on the roster like Bryce Petty and Hackenberg. And I cannot remember who the Jets quarterback was before Josh McCown. Uh, it wasn't Mark Sanchez after him. So I, I can't really recall who it was. But... Um, was that what's that, uh, what's that? Gino? Gino, yeah, that's what it was. Geno Smith was there. Geno Smith was there. I, I think when he first got the job, he never really had no quarterback. Um he really don't he really didn't have running backs. He had Matt Forte, old Matt Forte. He had, you know, he didn't really have no, no stagnant star piece on his team. Uh he, they when got there, he got there, he got rid of two defensive Players that we thought – I thought are, are really, really good, and that's Sheldon Richardson and um, Muhammad Wilkerson. Um, but he drafted Jamal Adams, and now Jamal Adams is an all-pro safety probably. Uh, he got good pieces at linebacker. Todd Bowles made that defense. And that's what I talked about earlier about Steve Wilkes. Todd Bowles had the Jets' defense solid. Like, they like yes, there wasn't a lockdown defense, but he didn't have a lockdown talent either that he that he had in Arizona when he was there. But he's a defensive-minded coach, so he, I think he can bounce back on his feet. Um, and the Jets. I mean, it's a very, very desirable job for for, for whoever the next coach is. Rumored there right now, Adam Gates, of course, Kingsbury again, uh, Mike McCarthy, Benamy for the Kansas City Chiefs, Matt Lafleur for the Titans, and Chris Richards, a guy I like, come up and coming here in Dallas Cowboys. So those guys. Uh, if we saying Gates might take the Cardinals job, and we, let's say we just take Gates out of the Jets, who, who who do we see? I know I know, I think we both thinking the same thing, and that's. And this Mike McCarthy.
2: Yeah, I would like McCarthy to get this one because he'll be in a position to probably win for a decade. Once you know, everybody thought Darnold was the best prospect coming out of the draft, so um, I think his talent is there. Uh, he got to get the interceptions down, but you know that's that's a rookie. You know, you're gonna throw fifteen to eighteen interceptions as a rookie. Um, but I think McCarthy, he he saw what he did with Green Bay, Favre, Rodgers. And I think he can do some of those similar things with Darnold. It won't be a headache how it was with Rogers because Darnold is a young guy. He'll be willing to listen and learn all that kind of stuff. So, I think uh, McCarthy should take this job, but I prefer him in another job. We'll talk about coming up later too.
1: All right. Um. If I, I mean, I think they're all really good options outside of Kingsbury. To me, Sleep, sleepers. Um, Jim
2: Caldwell's He's a sleeper. Jim Caldwell.
1: Jim Caldwell, Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do like that. Um. I mean, like I said. Same thing with Rosen. You need an offensive guy on his side to to help help him, just like Sean McVay helped Jared you know, Goff. You got uh you got uh Kyle Shannon helping Jimmy G. You need you need to pair that together. Nagy helping Trubisky. You need to pair that together. And that's the only the Jets have to worry about is getting the offense right. I think they they had the cap space and it's a very desirable job. And like you said, and they they can rule that division very, very soon. Um, because the Bills the Bills are there, the dolphins are there. And New England, I mean, how long can Tom Brady actually be a starting quarterback in the NFL? It's at some point, he has to retire. And when that happens, who knows?
2: Yeah, the door, the, the door, wide open.
1: Wide open. I think this is the perfect time for somebody to strike. And when I, we, just how we said, we talk about uh, guys like Frank Wright, uh, head coaching uh, of the year, and guys like Matt Nagy. I think this job can very well be uh, head coaching of the year candidate right here
2: yeah Mc- uh, mccarthy or b those would be like a splash for the jets
1: yeah oh yeah and then the, i'm pretty sure that they would bring in they, they would bring a culture change and bring people in immediately and start winning let's, let's move to another interesting job i think and that's uh the Tampa bay buccaneers um in the NFC south you know we had i mean NFC south when you have um panthers drew Brees, and the saints and you had the falcons which is it really is a win, not that bad of a win a division. Like it's not like Drew Brees is gonna be there four years after this. Um and you know Panthers and Foggers are both up and down teams. So it's not like like it's not like Arizona where you can't win uh for years to come. But if I are Derek Cutter, Derek Cutter and um my thing is the Bucks tried they tried to do the formula which is the NFL taking now, which is get that defensive minded coach, get your defense good, offense, you know, is not good enough, so you fire the defense, defensive guy, bring in the offensive guru, and boom, you're a Super Bowl contender. You know that worked. That worked in. That worked in uh, L. A. Rams. That worked with the um, work with the char uh, the Bears right now is and it's actually not a bad tactic. Um, as a, as as it seemed to seemed to kind of work, but the Bucks, the, the defense could never get right, and the, and Derek Cutter, he is a really good coach at least coordinator on one side of the ball. And Bucks, this, this job this job is very interesting. I think I think they have some good pieces on defense. Like it's not like you're walking into a bombshell of a defense. And you probably have one of the best receiving cores in the NFL. You have you have a, a okay line. It's not terrible. They, they get they give the quarterback time this year. And the, the running game actually took a step up. So it's not like this job is that crazy. You just they have to learn how to win games. And um, rumored right now. It's Jim Caldwell, ben and me again. I heard Brian Kelly from Notre Dame, and of course uh, Bruce Arians. And I tell you right now, if they get Bruce Arians, you're talking about a division that's going to be scary because you can lose any division game at any point once Bruce Arians get his foot in that door.
2: Yeah, that's why I hope gets that job. I, I know he was interested in the Browns job earlier, but I hope Bruce Arians takes this one because he can really put a stamp on his team and the division. I think he's the kind of guy who can. Rain, Jamie still a little bit on the offensive end. And he, like you said, he has Mike Evans, and they have a decent running back core, and then you have O.J. Howard at tight end, and if you just kind of just draft defense a little bit more and just get healthy on defense. And they were a little uh, banged up on defense, too. You get a little bit healthier on defense, but still draft to kind of play some pieces. I think Bruce Arians can, can at least get them a division crown year one or year two.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean I I would love to see Bruce Arians here, I, and I, cause I'm I'm believing James Winston. I know a lot of people aren't, but I if he's not throwing the ball 50 times, he's not going to turn the ball over, and that's and that's what the that's what you can fix as a as a as a guy like Bruce Arians. You can establish that running game. You see how he had David Johnson. As long as you have a good defense, that, like he had in Arizona, your quarterback, your quarterback look good. Carson Palmer's out here, MVP candidate. Like I mean, it, Carson Palmer had a great career, but you're not looking at. At Carson Palmer, say he he was one of the best quarterbacks we ever seen, and <laughs> you know what I'm saying. And Bruce Arians had that guy, you know, had a guy who uh played some good football. And let's say when he get hurt, that man had uh, who who was the backup? Drew Stanton coming in there uh, looking like. And, a, and they still uh, won games. That's the crazy yeah, part. Yeah, Drew Stanton looking like an all pro uh quarterback out there, man. And so Bruce Arians can really really change that job if he gets it. I really hope he does. Let's move on to the Dolphins who. You know, I told you I was like, if, if they lose the Buffalo Bills, they go fire Adam Gates, and Adam Gates had a lot of a lot of um a lot of control with that roster. He traded Landry, he cut Sue, um, he did things of that nature, and he uh, didn't want to get the ball of Drake. That's probably why he got fired. <laughs> That's probably why he got fired. But yeah, uh, the Dolphins, man, I really don't know what direction they're going in. I Heard reports that they're they're moving on from Tannehill, they're moving on from Devontae Parker. As a job, what do they have to offer? Because what, what it's, do you it's have to start Miami. With? It's Miami. You, you, start, you, start, you start with the location. We, <laughs> we talked we talk,
2: we talk about this. You start with location first.
1: That's all so. you can sell me, man. It's like, it's like, but it's like, yeah, like you said, though, but you have to win. And yes, this, this is a good. The only reason why this job is good besides location is because of the vision. It's in the AFC lease, and Patriots will eventually, at some point, Tom Brady retire. You are right there. If you can survive the next two years as the Dolphins coach, you are in good shape. And I don't know what direction they're going in. They don't have a quarterback. Apparently, the defense was if it, it was trash because my team ran the ball all day like they were some sorry scrubs. And then the D line, O line, all bad. The receivers, you only got like two good guys. You, you maybe got a tight end for the future. They don't give the ball to Drake enough. It, it's just a it's just an organization that I don't know where they're going. But I've heard they, they want to talk to both Harbaugh's. Uh, they want to try to steal John Harbaugh from the Ravens. Maybe John Harbaugh want to change. Uh, maybe. Maybe Jim Mayley, Jim Harbaugh may leave uh, Michigan. I've, I have heard the reason why their rumors rumors there because you know, one of the donors of, of the um, Michigan Wolverines is also with part one of the Dolphins or something like that. So maybe he might convince Jim to leave Michigan. Um, of course, Ben me down there. Vic Fangio from the Bears, defense coordinator. And uh, Brian Flores, the defense coordinator of the New England Patriots. Those, those are the names I'm hearing. I don't know if you're hearing any other names. Yeah, I heard Chris Richard, uh
2: Munchik, and uh, probably the worst one. Not that he's a bad guy or a bad coach, but you can't coach all the AFC lease teams, Rex Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: nah, you can't do it, Rex Ryan. You can't do it. This probably is the team that has the best listed coaches, I would say. like As far as like a standpoint, you you got a long list of guys who – who are actually interested, But you, you know. But like you said, they had to get a long list because who knows what direction they're going in. So they want to hear from everybody about what they'll do. So that's because they probably don't know what they want to do, you know. <laughs> so so uh, the offense, yeah, I think we'll, we'll talk about the offense once they reach the decision because I don't know what they want to do. If, and it's kind of hard to predict, predict that. Yeah, they're
2: going to probably wind up interviewing six to ten guys. But I know if I'm Brian Kelly, I don't take this job. You can stay at even though Notre Dame, you know, a lot of people have criticism of them join the conference, don't join the conference, or all that kind of stuff. If I'm Brian Kelly, if if you're not in fear of losing your job with Notre Dame, stay there. Um Rex Ryan, I like him better as an analyst. He he shouldn't take the job. Jim Harbaugh, even though Michigan had an up and down season, they won something they won games they should have won and they when they lost, they lost pretty bad. I think Harbaugh he he can't bail on them now. From an eyeball standpoint, he probably should because you're basically your basic rival, Urban Meyer is retiring, and you won't really get credit for beating Ryan Day. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you know, I think he should probably uh, steer away from this job. I'd probably say somebody on the defensive side would be good for this job, like like mm-hmm. a Chris Rashard, or like a uh, like a Fangio. i would mm-hmm. probably go defense defensive guy versus offensive guy because.
1: And there's no point of going offensive, guy. You don't even have any offensive talent outside of King Drake. Yeah, so yeah, so that and then with a, with a defensive-minded coach, guess what they like to do? Run the ball because they know about ball control and how to keep the defense fresh. And that's exactly and that would make me draft King Drake in fantasy football. And that's what I actually won't happen. <laughs> yeah, actually, they, yeah, they they they, yeah.
2: they have to they, they should go defense because look at the teams they're going to play against: Patriots, Buffalo Bills, Jets. All those teams, all those teams put, yeah. all those team have good quarterbacks or, or potential good quarterback, and they all play outdoors. So when you go to the cold, you need to have a defense. that yep. can travel. So you need somebody yep. that can stop them, and you can run the ball with Drake. So they should go a defensive guy. That's and a great I'd point. i say Rashard of Fangio.
1: That's a great point. Well, Chris um,
2: Richard. <laughs> <laughs> think about Jalen about Jalen Rashard.
1: <laughs> uh, let's talk about the Broncos. Uh, Vance Joseph is fired. He had two seasons which probably not in love time either. Um, but my point again, a little bit of Steve Wilkes is, man, how you a defensive minded coach? And the defense of Broncos was, was scary. And when you got there, they got worse. And that just, that just can't happen. That just can't fly around me. Uh, if I'm John away And I, I just, I just, I don't, I understand the reason for being fired, but then Joseph never had a fair shot because he didn't have a quarterback. That's never, and that's, that's terrible when you're a defensive minded coach uh, to try to sit to, be a defensive minded coach and not have a quarterback is so dangerous because it's not like you can, you know, what I'm saying it's not like you have that expertise on that side of the ball to help people, to help guys out, and that's why that's why I I love guys like Bill Belichick and I love you no know, Zimmer because they you no know, they're they're a uh, the specialists you know, on one side of the ball, specialists one side of the ball, and they had they had a quarterback and you know Tom Brady, Bill Parcells back in the day, they all can they all can survive even if they switch quarterbacks, because um, even Bill Belichick we had we had to play. Jimmy G. He had a paper set. He's a good game player. He knows how to, you know, come about today. So and Van Joseph just wasn't it, in my opinion. But Broncos, they have a lot of they have a lot to do because John Elwood cannot get quarterback situation right. He needs to go out and I don't know what he needs to do, but Case Keenum is not it. He needs to either draft one or you know, you know, hope Tannehill's cut, hope Joe um uh, uh Flacco is cut, something because he needs something, he needs something. That's the really biggest problem. Is the it's a quarterback situation. Guys, I've heard Chuck Pagano already had an interview.
2: Boo. Um,
1: <laughs> Adam, <laughs> Adam Gase again, of course. Mike Munchak, uh, the Steelers' offensive line coach, Flores and Vangio again. So they that's 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 pretty much defense, uh, offensive line coach, uh, offensive guru, and Adam Gase. Uh, so they are, so right now it seems like it's more defensive uh, is what John Elway wants, but. Do they have? But can you do that when you? I guess we have a quarterback. They have to find that guy. John Elway must find the quarterback this year because I feel like he won't get fired because he is the Broncos. Without John Elway, they won't have no Suvo's. So I feel like he is the he is the Broncos. Um, so he might have a you know a longer leash for this job, but he because other general managers will probably be fired by now because you can't you can't fire a no quarterback and you keep picking on these scraps. I don't know, uh, Broncos. I think the defense is probably the way to go as well on this one. Probably, probably change the culture at the same time, rebuilding and retooling. And if I was to do that, I think uh, Brian Flores is the uh, Flores is, is the good is the right choice because he's a defensive guy under Bill Belichick, and he's not like the other New Englanders that come out who has who hasn't been around Bill Belichick. This guy started from the bottom and made it to the, and made it to the defense coordinator position. So I feel like he's, he's more into that New England way uh, than most guys are, and I think this is probably his job. I'm just going to be
2: honest. This is the second worst job <laughs> right, right behind the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> I, I don't know if they want to go offense or defense. Well, I'll do the same that you did. I'll start from the top. John Elway has a whiff on QB. Brock Osweiler. Mm. Simeon. Mm. Uh, Paxton Lynch. Mm. Right now, Case Keenum. Mm. They are That's, they are whiffing on QB. Bad. And you're wasting Von Miller's prime. I mean, this isn't the same. They have some people on defense that can, you know, do some things on defense. But at the same time, look at the division you're playing in. The Chiefs? The Chargers? I don't think Mahomes, the Cheetah, Kelsey, Andy Reid. They're not going anywhere. And people forget Phillip Rivers didn't even start early his career, so he still has some 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 years left in the tank. And Keenan Allen, Melvin Gordon, these guys are young. Hunter Henry's coming back. The Chargers aren't going anywhere. Neither are the Chiefs.
1: And not to mention the Raiders. I mean, John Gruden is offensive side, so he's gonna get that eventually. You know what I'm saying? He' gonna he' gonna be there eventually.
2: Yeah. See the, the Broncos, they're they're in last place really already because the Raiders, John Gruden, even though we all criticize on what he did. He took the approach of let's just go ahead and blow everything up year one, and we still have nine more years to go. Mm-hmm. So we have Khalil Mack. With him, the defense isn't any good. Let's trade him, get some draft picks back, and hope we hit on the draft picks. We have Amari Cooper. The offense still isn't any good. Let's trade him, get some draft picks. Let's just start all the way over. Start over, Which yeah. is what they did. And I think in the long run, when they go to Vegas, it will pay off for them. So, this Broncos job, I don't care if they hire offense, defense, special teams guy. I don't care if Elway comes down to coaching himself. The Broncos have the second worst job available right now. And, it's, yeah. I mean, it, it's a no-win situation.
1: But like you said, though, just the same point with the Dolphins. You have to go defense because when you're playing against Mahomes, you're playing against Rivers, and you know Charles is going to get an office, uh, back a quarterback eventually. You're playing, you're playing the Raiders, who go, who's an offensive team. You're going to need to stop him. You're going to have to rush the passer. You're going to have to do this and do that. So you have to stop them. So that's that's the Broncos. I pro, that's probably why they have. They probably interviewed Pagano and why they looking at Vengio and Flores because they want to get that defense side of the ball corrected. Um, yeah, the
2: only bright the yeah. only bright spots are Von Miller and Philip Lindsay. That's all they really have. They traded Thomas right. Sanders Achilles. Who knows how he? So, who who knows that he's going to even bounce back decently? That's it. That's it. So,
1: yeah, I mean, who who knows yep. what they
2: have outside of Lindsay.
1: And then I want to just move on to the uh now there's two more jobs. The the Browns, the Packers, but we already talked about them before. Uh I kind of want to just mention the Bengals. Fire Marlon Lewis finally. Finally. Because it, it's been it's been too long. And he he hasn't, he got a long, long tenure. And their rumored coaches man, they're not making no improvement. They might well have kept Marlon Lewis if that was the case. Um, that's, <laughs> and, it, and it's Hugh Jackson. It, Hugh Jackson who was the Browns coach who got three wins in three years. And then Vance Joseph, who came in and the defense got worse under him. So I I really don't know why these are the two rumored guys. They asked Josh McDaniels. He turned them down. Um, which is a smart thing to do. Because I think this is the worst job to take out of all of them. Because this is, the, the team is horrible. Because it's not like and it's not like when Edj Green comes back, he's on he's on the wrong side of 30. And the Dalton hasn't made any improvements in the last three years. Um. Yes, you got mixing, and your old line is getting getting better. You get you found you find a, that receiver in Tyler Boyd, and maybe John Ross can be healthy. But it's like that defense. You don't know what it's what it's about. I don't know the direction. Do I and like? If as a GM, do I need to cut any Dalton because we're not doing anything? But then again, his his contract is so great. Yeah. What's your alternative, really? What's your alternative? And it's like as a GM, it's, it's so that's the hardest thing to think of, and I don't know what to do. If I'm the Bengals, and I feel like and see at least at least with the with the other jobs and Broncos and Broncos, the Dolphins and and the Cardinals, at least I know what side to take because I know what I need. And, you know, but Bengals, I don't know what I need. And and Hugh Jackson and Vincent Joseph, that is not what I need. I know that <laughs> for
2: a fact. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm going to take the the opposite approach. I don't think this is the worst job. Um Andy Dalton, he's anywhere between fifteen and twenty. Best, you know. On on the QB rank, I want to say use the word best, but he's anywhere between 15 and 20 on the QB ranking scale. Uh, Joe Mixon, probably a top 10, top 12 running back. Tyler Boyd's going to emerge, and AJ Green, like you said, he's about the same age as Julio Jones, but he's coming off of an injury now, and who knows how he'll respond from the injury. But I think he's still pretty pretty elite when he's healthy. Defensive side of the ball, they are terrible. Um, which is (laughs) that was Marvin Lewis's calling card. Um, And they they didn't get any better over the season. But I think their approach should be we have decent offense. Let's just either go a defensive head coach. But I think they're going to just go ahead and promote Hugh Jackson, the head coach, because I think before he left and took the Browns job, he was being groomed to be the guy once Marvin left anyway. So if Hugh gets the job, He's not a bad coach. We saw what he did with the Raiders. They started off, I think seven, it was like seven wins and like maybe one or two losses. When He was with the Raiders. They kind of bottomed out and finished eight and eight. But when he was with the Raiders, he did pretty good. Now the Browns, you no, know, he just took a bad job when he first took the Browns job. They didn't have any talent there. They were right, yeah. You know, they were bottom of the barrel. You know, picking the first in the draft every year, everything. So he didn't have enough talent with the Browns. But at least the Bengals have something on offense for them to work with, and, and then we get to see more of him and Baker Mayfield going at it. So I think uh, Hugh probably will get the job just because the Bengals like familiarity with guys. Everybody would argue they can do better if Hugh does get the job. It'll be greatly criticized. Mm-hmm. But I think he'll probably end you know, up getting the job.
1: Yeah, my thing about the Bengals is it's not that the defense. Okay, yeah, the defense got worse, but it's not like they made they tried to make it better. Uh, they really. They really – I mean, they, they drafted a couple of people, but they really kept the same team, and you know that's not going to survive over years We keeping the same team you had. Because remember, the Bengals defense was top-notch when Mike Zimmer was there six, seven years ago, and how come six, seven years now they still have the same players? That's not, that's not the formula for success in the NFL because you don't last too long as, as a core group. You got to retool, got to regroup, got to – you got to move on and, and, and try to improve, and that's what Bengals didn't do, um, at least defensively. And yeah, they probably will promote Hugh Jackson. It's probably the better move uh, from a culture standpoint, but maybe that maybe they need to redo the whole thing. I I don't know. Maybe they need a whole different guy in there and change the whole organization up. But I know the owner doesn't really like to do that, so that 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 does matter. Um, the, it seems like the Bengals are happy with mediocrity, and that's just how they're gonna do it.
2: Yeah, they have that licensed hitman on defense called Vontaze Burford. So, <laughs> I mean, that's about all they have on defense going for them. Outside of that, I can't name another guy on defense. So, they're they're going to still be last in the division because the Browns are going to emerge. And if they get Mike McCarthy as the coach, the Browns are going to be the future. Who knows what happens with the hardball? And who even knows what happens with the Steelers now? So, I think, man, if the Browns make the right hire – that division is theirs, and the Bengals will still be in last place no matter who they hire.
1: So that's all these jobs, eight jobs, and with Packers and Packers and Browns, who we already talked about. Uh, do you uh, anything else we need to talk about? Oh yeah, uh, what do we think about Mike Mayock as the Raiders GM? I don't
2: think anything of it because I think John is calling all the shots anyway. So he's just a a person in a position with, with the title. I think John Gruden is still the, the lead guy in the charge on the player personnel stuff.
1: Oh yeah, I think he is. And I think the but I think what Mike Mayock is is like it's like it's like when you know you can trust somebody, uh it makes your job easier, especially in in, in a organization like this cuz John Gruden like you, he knows football. And I think they that the Raiders needed somebody else who loves football, who loves to do this stuff because May, 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 Mike Mayock is like one of the lead guys for the draft. Um Matt Melkai, Shea, and, and and uh Mike Mayock, that's the top 3 right there. And I I think with somebody who loves watching film and, and loves to do this, like when John Gruden go ask for, hey, who are the top 10, you know, defensive players I need, I need or blah, blah, blah. I think, my, I think when Mike Mayock brings it to him, I don't think John Gruden going to second guess it um, because he can trust that guy. And I think, and like I said, John Gruden still going to be in control. But it's, it's, I feel like when I have somebody who I can trust, like you, my right hand man, and I, I know that you put in your, you know, your dedication, your hard work to do it. I know I don't have to second guess your work, and I can just, oh yeah, Nate Bosa is the best player, so let me take him. Or yeah, I, yeah, I need to sign um, this receiver instead of this receiver. And I think that's very important for the Raiders. And I think Mike Mayock is gonna gonna do a great job. Yes, he's the GM, and, and yes, John Gruden has the control. But yeah, I I just I just think that's from that from that side from like perspective that that Mike Mayock is gonna know everything because he got he got the scouts he he knows scouts he know football coaches because he always talks to them I feel like he's gonna have the upper hand it's because kind of what I'm kind of what I'm looking at
2: yeah this is kind of just ensuring that the draft picks they have they hit on the pretty much yeah
1: all right that's it for preach Kev preach I'm not gonna hold y'all up I know this has been a long podcast um, so we we'll see you then.